We've been going after Nick Sirianni a lot lately on Locked on Eagles. Today, we're going to tell you why general manager Howie Roseman deserves a lot of blame for 2023 as well. All that and more coming your way right here on the Locked on Eagles podcast. You are Locked on Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on in Eagles fans. I'm Louis DiBiase, co-host of the Locked On Eagles podcast, Eagles expert also over at Bleacher Report. He's Gino Camilleri, scouting director, Eagles content at Bleacher Report, and my co-host on today's Locked On Eagles. We're going to tell you why Howie Roseman was a lot of the problem during the Eagles 2023 collapse as much as anybody. We're also going to get into if he and Jeffrey Lurie need to change their power structure with the head coach, and we're going to suggest an ultimatum that Lurie should give Nick Sirianni if he does return for the 2024 season. We thank you so much for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. Guys, today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use our code, which is in all lower cases, NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. So yeah, Gino, like we've been diving in a lot on Nick Sirianni over the last few weeks, and justifiably so. I think he is the biggest reason for the Eagles losing six of their last seven games. But as we've mentioned on the show, we've added a lot of context. We've looked at all sides, and I feel like we've given proper blame. It's not just on the head coach. I think you have to look at as well the general manager, Howie Roseman, who constructed two Super Bowl rosters in the last seven years. Like He deserves a lot of credit for where this team has been. But you got to give him blame to where it's due. And I think his construction of this year's defense maybe, in my opinion, was the number one obstacle the Eagles could not overcome in that 10-1 collapse. Like, yes, the play calling was awful. The game planning was too. You had turnovers, penalties. Like, the offense completely collapsed. But I think the biggest problem really was how bad that defense was. They, they were the worst in the league the last two months of the year in every way. The thing about what happened with the defense truly comes down to philosophically who Howie Roseman is. Totally agree. And where we say that the next coach or whoever's the offensive mind, whoever's the defensive mind, they have to change philosophically what they do as opposed to this last Philadelphia Eagles team. Howie Roseman is going to have to change his philosophy in those areas one way or another. Because if you see, and we saw this coming literally a year ago, we were seeing these exact same things after the Super Bowl. What's going to happen if you lose Chauncey Gardner-Johnson? What's going to happen if you lose Marcus Epps? What's going to happen if you lose Kaiser and TJ Edwards? Well, we knew exactly what happened. Your defense underperformed in a very big way. They were on pace to match the sack total of that 2022 team through the first half of the season. That fell off in a great way. They had the most missed tackles I think you'll ever see in a playoff game, I think the total was 17, some egregious number. And frankly, they just did not have the horses. I mean, you had yeah. an all-time defense in 2022. You let Chauncey Garner-Johnson walk, who is once again on a team that's playing in the divisional playoff. You got TJ Edwards, who played unbelievable. Kaiser White could have been an upgrade for you. Marcus Epps would have been an upgrade for you. Even though you haven't paid them in the past, that doesn't mean that you don't pay them now because the game of football is changing. Would Sean Desai's job been easier if he had those players? 100%. Why was Jonathan Gannon getting head coaching interest 
and wound Only up because of the person a head coaching job. Yes, because of the personnel. I completely agree, Gino. And that again, the defense was what dead last or bottom five in pretty much every category down the stretch. Five of their last games, they allowed at least 30 points. The other three games, they allowed 27, 25, and 20. Just plainly put, they looked old, they looked slow, and just untalented at those positions that you highlighted. Linebacker, corner, and safety. And again, Howie Roseman, his overall philosophy of prioritizing quarterback, receiver, the trenches over anything, the majority of the time, that is correct. Like You should invest most of your first and second round picks in those positions, most of your salary cap space, most of your resources into those positions. That's how you are a sustainable contender in the NFL. But I think he just went way too far with this. It was just too radical. The lack of young corner talent killed them. The lack of playmakers at safety hurt them. The lack of any talent at linebacker at all was detrimental. And I think this has to be the year he finally, and I'm not saying every year to invest a first or a second in a linebacker or in a corner or in a safety, but he has ignored these spots so much in the draft that it's come back to bite him. And he's invested in these positions to a degree. Like he obviously paid Darius Slay and James Bradbury and Avante Maddox. Like he tried to keep Chauncey Gardner Johnson in a way he did trade for Kevin Byard. He drafted Sidney Brown into Kobe Dean in the third round. So he's not completely ignoring these spots, but you can't always bank on a safety being available right before the season or at the deadline. You can't always bank on a prime corner being on the trade market like Slay was or Bradbury being cut in May. You can't always bank on a street level linebacker. Like he needs to just take, again, just one year, one or two years, invest one or two picks, not all of them, not every year, but you cannot ignore those positions in a league right now that is so fast, young and athletic at pretty much every position on offense. And to see how those positions are used around the league. I mean, there's some top-notch playmakers that we talk about versatility being instrumental in what you have to do in the National Football League. That's what linebacker is. That's what safety is in today's game. Look at your division rival in Micah Parsons. What is he? He's a defensive weapon. He can quite literally do everything for you. They drafted him as a linebacker. Turns out he's a really good edge rusher who can also do ridiculous things in coverage for you. And that's a team that you have to draft to beat your division. Well, if you don't have those guys in the middle of the field, they're going to pick you apart. Like and they Gina, did you got to draft year. to beat the other contenders in the NFC and the 49ers are the ultimate linebacker killer right now. You cannot beat that team without solid linebackers. And what do they have really good in the middle of their defense? Fred Werner, one of the point. best linebackers in the National Football League, if not and Greenlaw's dirty, but he's a good player. Yeah, he's. they're both very good players in the Eagles cannot continue to ignore that because football changes in the blink of an eye and where we have applauded Howie Roseman for being so proactive in some areas like the defensive line, like the trenches. A lot of that comes down to how the coaches can develop those guys that you bring in. But in the other areas, Howie Roseman, he has to make up for it. He did last year by bringing in guys that through trades and Chauncey Gardner Johnson, acquiring Mm -hmm. Kaiser white by signing him to a free agent deal homegrown talent in TJ Edwards and Marcus Epps. That was a great way to do it. He was proactive in a lot of different ways. But then after that, it fell off a cliff. There was nothing left in the well. Like you said, there's no young cornerback talent that was ready to go. There was no young safety talent that was ready to go, as opposed to the D-line and O-line that was roaring and ready to go. They had their arsenal stocked. But here they are. And like you said, Howie Roseman went to the extreme. Now he has to find the balance in those areas. I agree. He cannot go all in one way or the other, but at the same time, you cannot 
just say we are going to go in the trenches right. and that's it. It's almost like he was he's very great at being proactive on the offensive line. He continuously drafted Jason Kelsey's replacements. He's very proactive on the defensive line, Jordan Davis, Nolan Smith, mm-hmm. uh, Jalen Carter, but it was almost at the expense of all of these other positions and like sure, he nailed the street level signing of Zach Cunningham. And last year it was a great signing getting Kazir White at a value and finding TJ Edwards as an undrafted rookie. You know, Chauncey Gardner Johnson in August was a great find last year, but I just don't think it's a sustainable strategy, Gino, to just say, we'll figure the rest out outside of the trenches, quarterback and receiver in other ways. Like that's just, I don't think sustainable. And I think this year was especially obvious and frustrating in this way because you're watching you know, a guy like Brian Branch, who you could have had, kill it over in Detroit. Kyle Hamilton's dominating in Baltimore. Like, Joey Porter Jr. had a great rookie year in Pittsburgh. These are all players that you could have had. And I'm not saying Nolan Smith isn't going to be good, but these are positions that you need young talent desperately. And, you know, again, like, even they took Landon Dickerson. He's a great player, but I'd kill for Asante Samuel Jr. right now. You can't always ignore those spots in some of these avenues that Howie has. And we've said exactly the same thing a year ago when we were preparing for the draft and preparing for free Mm -hmm. agency and time is a flat circle with the Eagles, but Howie Roseman, one of his best qualities is that he can learn and he can adapt. And hopefully he can do that once again, because the NFL, it has caught up to the Philadelphia Eagles, man. It has surpassed them to a degree. And now it is up to Howie Roseman to get this coaching staff in a position to succeed, especially on the defensive side of the ball, Lou. He has to find his balance when it comes to finding guys in free agency, quit the Band-Aid route. We talked about this after 2018. We talked about this after 2019 and 2020, and now again, the Band-Aids have to stop. He has to find a way to bring in young talent at every position, regardless of how you value it. Every position is important. When the, when the opponent across from you has 11 guys who can do their job at the top of their game. Those teams like San Francisco, like Dallas, those teams that you're going to compete against, you have to find a way to have 11 guys to stop them. You thought you had it last year, and even that wasn't good enough for you. All right, Gino, let's keep talking about Howie Roseman coming up next. Regardless of if they fire Nick Sirianni or not this week or next week, Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie, I think they need to reevaluate their power structure and their overall process with head coaches. So we'll tell you why coming up next right here on the Lockdown Eagles podcast. Today's episode of the Lockdown Eagles podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. Sometimes we all need the opportunity to get something off our chest like we're doing today on the show. Big or small, certain things can really start to get to you. It's important to let that out, especially to somebody who's unbiased in your life. So today, I want to say how I really feel about something. You might even be thinking about the same thing. We're talking about Howie Roseman and what he needs to do to fix the Eagles in 2024. One thing I've been thinking about on offense I really think this team needs to add a wide receiver three. And again, it's not a guy that's going to get a lot of targets with A.J. Brown here, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard. But man, would it be great to have a Curtis Samuel or a Tyler Boyd? And people are not talking about it a lot. It might cost them more than they should spend. But I think they really need that this offseason. Therapy can be different for everybody. Most of us have bigger problems than who the Eagles wide receiver three is going to be. So it's important to get things off your chest that are serious every once in a while. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be flexible and suited to your schedule. So visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn to get 10% off your first month of online therapy. 
We thank you so much for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. Guys, want to let you know that Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, Gino, let's talk about Jeffrey Lurie and let's keep getting into Howie Roseman here. And... I think we could both agree while they're right to reconsider things with head coach Nick Sirianni, who's meeting with Lurie tomorrow at his end of the year meeting. I think at the same time, this like, again, they are hundred percent justified in doubting Nick and it's not a slam dunk that he's back, although he likely will be. But I do think that these two are a major part of the problem for why these coaching partnerships since Andy Reid just have not lasted. And that's not to not blame Chip Kelly or to say Doug Peterson didn't do anything wrong after 2019, that four-win season in 2020, to you know expel Nick Sirianni from any sort of responsibility this year. But I do think the short leash that they've had since Chip it's almost like they have Chip Kelly PTSD, like that short leash and the power structure they have because of that. I think it really does hurt the relationship. And I'm not saying that's what's happening with Nick Sirianni, but I think when a coach does struggle, some of that power structure, those issues do come up. And I think it strains the relationship. And I think it's why some of these partnerships have ended maybe shorter or you know sooner than we thought they would. To the other side of that, it's very hard to find a general manager that you trust in the National Football League to be your guy for nearly 15 years at this point. And trust is a hard thing to to get in sports, right? You have to earn it. And it's the what have you done for me lately type of league. And I keep comparing Jeffrey Lurie and what the Eagles feel like to to like a high end soccer club, to the Real Madrid's, to the Barcelona's like. Real Madrid had Zinedine Zidane, who was one of their all-time greatest players. He wins the Champions League, and then he steps down as the coach because the stress is too high. Well, some can't hang with the best of them, man. If the stress is too high, they're going to find somebody else to go do the job because it's a warranted job, Lou. They've been to the Super Bowl two times in the last seven years, like you said. Howie Roseman has all of the chips at his disposal to do what Jeffrey Lurie wants him to to go win a championship. Yeah, it might strain the relationship, but at the same time, is it hindering you like a team? Like, I don't know. Let's say the Cleveland of old or like the Vegas of old where you knew that the personnel department might not be as good. So the coach isn't going to look as good, but in Philly, the coach, they're going to get all of those assets like these high end clubs across the world. You're going to get the top end players just for the coach. Can they sustain that pressure, man? Philly's not for everybody, Lou. It really isn't no, for everybody. That. And you can't feel bad about it. It's like, dude, either Nick, you got to get over it. The relationship's going to suck. You know, it's going to be Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie being buddy, buddy. They're going to be out on the golf course together and you might not get the invite to the barbecue, but that's not your job. Your job is to coach the football team personnel and coaching. Yes. It has to be in unison, but when it comes game day, it really doesn't matter. He's going to have the players in that building come March, come April. The coaching staff better be on the same page with him or just going to fall off and they're going to find somebody else to do it. No, and I I do get that. And I like that the Eagles don't settle. Like, I like that they don't give Mike Tomlin 3,000 years to continuously lose in the wild card round. And, you know, that's something. Or you look at the Dallas Cowboys settling for Mike McCarthy again after another playoff choke job. I mean, I'm glad that they don't do that. But 
And again, I, with this specific situation with Nick Sirianni, I do understand the questioning of his future. I'm just talking about it as a whole when it comes to going back to Doug Peterson as well. Maybe don't hire a coach if you're going to, after one bad year, make him pitch to you what his future plan's going to be. Like, I, I just think their trust, and I think, again, this has a lot to do with Chip Kelly. I think they feel really spurned by that situation, justifiably so. Jeffrey Lurie probably feels like he gave his team away to Chip. Howie Roseman got sent to the other side of the Novacare complex, but... I just think their patience is and their leash is maybe just a little bit too tight. And I'm not saying, again, for this specific situation, I think it's justified with Nick Sirianni. But when you combine Sirianni, Doug Peterson, Chip Kelly, they do move pretty quick here. And, you know, they still win in spite of it. But these relationships just really haven't lasted. And I'm not saying suddenly that Howie Roseman should have no say, but I don't know, man. Like, I don't know what other teams' processes are, but is it normal for other GMs to be calling about coordinator openings as much as Howie has? Like, we just saw that report today. I I think they're very hands-on, and maybe there's a balancing act there or a middle ground. To Jeffrey Lurie's point of view, I would say I understand why. Because like you just said with the Chip Kelly thing, he feels a little bit spurned where that was a coaching search where they weren't too involved in the kind of Howie Roseman. It was kind of just Jeffrey Lurie's decision to bring Chip in. and then, Oh, yeah, that was not Howie. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't Howie at all. And then now the Howie and Jeffrey relationship it kind of has mended a little bit to where you're going to have a little bit of say from Howie Roseman, but at the same time, they still think to that Chip Kelly element, like you are saying, and do you have to take a step back? I don't know until somebody challenges the status quo again. I don't know if that is going to change. I thought Julian Edelman had a very interesting quote today where he said that hypothetically, if Bill Belichick went to Philadelphia, that he respects people that have a deep resume and how he does have a deep resume, but would that work because of the I power relationship? And, and that's that, that's that be a one asterisk that the Eagles have that nobody else has. It's like, and that's what I'm yeah, talking they about. could be the coach, but, but can he get along with how he wrote that? And that's that my main point. Exactly. That's my main point is there is a very unique power structure that the entire league knows about here. Oh, and, and I, it's almost like maybe that's why, and again, I like that they go for the young offensive-minded play caller that might be a top candidate two years down the road. They want to get ahead of it quickly. Like they probably had that mindset with Doug Peterson, Mm -hmm. even back to Andy Reid, Nick Sirianni. Rather hire him a year too early than be too late and he's gone the following year when you hire a new head coach. So I do like that philosophy that Lurie's always had, but you know, like going deep into the psyche like you did yesterday with Howie Roseman, it's almost like they go for the young, inexperienced coach so they won't fight back on this heavy involvement. Mm-hmm. So they won't fight back when, let's be honest, Howie Roseman is the guy that put Matt Patricia on that staff and kind of undermined his head coach's defensive coordinator decision with Sean Desai. I, I think that's a little bit of what happened. And I think a younger coach won't question that as much as a Bill Belichick or a Chip Kelly did or eventually Doug Peterson did after four years. So it's, it's a fascinating psychological that. No, examination. it is. Just, just to say <laughs> that about Chip is it's a very interesting way to look at it. And Chip did it, a number. He's the ex that they, they are not getting over. I'm telling you, there is somebody like never again that is going to make <laughs> millions of dollars in the therapy. Go to BetterHelp, I'm telling you, that Howie Roseman can go to after that Chip <laughs> Kelly situation. Because it it truly did change how they look at this whole situation, Lou, and it had a lasting effect. It has been that kind of just that star that I mean that what do you what do you call 
call it. It's just one of demerit. It was demerit. Yeah, I was yeah. thinking of the SpongeBob episode where they had the demerits and the stars. I keep referencing these SpongeBob, but it's just like that demerit. Like you're saying that, are you handcuffing yourself and eliminating a population of the coaching search? Right. Because of that. And at the same time, does that make you second guess a decision where it would be like, yes, we'll get rid of Nick Sirianni. Mm-hmm. But we don't know what the outcome would be as to where if he wasn't there, yep. if it was a young GM, let's just say it's a brand new GM. It's like, yeah, you bring in Bill Belichick and he's the guy who can kind of mold your GM to figure out how the personnel world should work. That makes sense. But it's kind of the opposite. And not many teams have that approach right now. And outside of Philly and Baltimore has a little bit of continuity because they kind of passed the torch. Same thing with Pittsburgh. It, sure. it isn't really something that is that common and unfortunately and maybe fortunately the Eagles have to find a way around that and we'll see what happens if it is just better coordinators if Nick Sirianni has a job come Saturday but we will find out on Friday yep he's going to meet with Jeffrey Lurie tomorrow and again you know with this specific situation I too am doubting Sirianni so are you so I think when he meets with Lurie tomorrow at the end of the season meeting I think Lurie should require certain things of Sirianni if he's going to be retained. So we'll get into that coming up next right here on the Lockdown Eagles podcast. Today's episode of the Lockdown Eagles podcast is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll make my business go to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. Like Howie Roseman, he needs linebackers, corners, and safeties bad. Maybe he should go through LinkedIn Jobs because he's struggling. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It's so easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats that might not have time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Today's edition of LOE is also brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. Game Time is the most reliable and the official source of tickets for us here at the Locked On Podcast Network and us here at LOE. Yes, the Eagle season is over, but the Flyers are hot. The Sixers are hot. Get some tickets and go down to Wells Fargo and enjoy yourself some high-quality sporting action, something the Eagles didn't give you down the road. Game time, we've been using it for a long time. I was using it well before we even got sponsored by them here at Lockdown. And why is that? Well, you could see the view of your seat right in the app. You don't even have to click into the ticket. They have last-minute tickets, flash deals, and zone deals. You can even get tickets up to and after the start of the game. And heck, if you find another place that sells the tickets for less game time, they have a guarantee that they will match what you paid and even credit you 110% of the difference. So to get your tickets today, download the game time app, create an account and use the code locked on. That's L O C K E D O N. And you're going to get $20 off your first purchase. You want to go down to the Wells Fargo arena, get yourself some hockey and basketball action Go to game time, use the promo code LOCKEDON, $20 off your first purchase. 
Game time, last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, Gino. So Jeffrey Lurie is going to meet with head coach Nick Sirianni tomorrow. And we remember back in 2020 when he met with Doug Peterson, that changed everything. Before that, Doug was expected to come back for at least one more year in 2021 and get things right after that, what, 4-11-1 season? Mm-hmm. Um, can't believe they tied in that year. I completely forget. But And then suddenly when Lurie heard Doug's pitch about who were going to be the coordinators, how he was going to turn things around, he didn't buy it. And they parted ways. And so it looks like right now Nick Sirianni could be safe. He's out there reaching out for coordinators like Howie Roseman is, working the phones across the league. But things can change when he meets with Lurie tomorrow. And I think Lurie will have certain things that he wants to hear from Nick. And I don't know if this is going to be one of them, Gino, but when you also add into the equation that Brian Johnson today now had his third head coaching interview with the Atlanta Falcons. So he's met with Tennessee, Carolina, and Atlanta you might be losing your play caller whether you want to or not. I want to regardless, but they might be losing him anyway. So in that scenario where Lurie does give Sirianni another shot, if I were Jeff, I would almost require him to call require him to call plays again next year. Because again, going back to our conversation yesterday, I want and they want, clearly, this is why they hired him, Doug and Andy Reid and Chip Kelly, I want my head coach to be the long-term play caller. And so if Nick fails at that again next year, then I'm going to move on. And again, this is only in the scenario where he comes back because he can hire a great coordinator again next year, like a Shane Steichen, but what if you lose him again? Are you going to, it's just harder to bank on him constantly nailing that coordinator spot as opposed to just him being the consistent variable as the play caller. And that's the thing. It is the consistent variable as opposed to a variable that can change at any given exactly. time. And it's going to, if you have success year to year and it mm-hmm. has, and it did that after the super bowl in 2017. And yep. that has happened with this staff with Shane Steichen and then Jonathan Gannon as well. And, and why wouldn't it happen Johnson. again? And yeah. teams are going to want to take away personnel being players and coaches from successful staffs. Always. And Nick Sirianni, he has to find a way to go to other staffs and find guys to do the job because the downfall of your last head coach was he could not do that. And one of the reasons that I think Jeffrey Lurie wants Howie Roseman to be so involved is because of that reason that if he has to move on from this guy, he can at least trust Howie Roseman's opinion a little bit more than the guy that he has as the head coach. But to play devil's advocate to that, if you don't trust your head coach to make those hires, why is he your head coach? In exactly. the first place. And I think the root cause analysis, if we're going to boil it down, Lou, has to be why Jeffrey Lurie, to your point, wants that offensive minded head coach. It is to keep things consistent. They yes. don't want to have this same cycle that has spurned them year over year over year when they have been good to continue to turn its evil head towards them. And it has. And it frankly, it's not going to change unless. Like you were saying, your head coach is the guy, and he builds and adapts and continues to mold your offense with your quarterback. And we get the dream that we were talking about back with Doug and Carson Wentz when you drafted him in 2016. Yep. And hopefully, that's what they want, can, man. You could find a guy to do that because if Nick's not going to do it, like I said, they're going to find somebody else that wants to. Who wouldn't want to if you're a young, upcoming play caller to work with Jalen Hurts and oh, AJ Brown be a and Devontae option. Smith in this offensive line? Come on. If Nick Sirianni gets fired this week, I think the Eagles have the number one job opening by far compared to other NFL teams. And again, like we said yesterday, 
I do not think Jeffrey Lurie would have hired Nick Sirianni if he knew he was not going to be a good play caller that would suddenly be the CEO type. I just don't think he would have done that. And so that's something that would be a requirement to me if I'm the owner. I would say if I'm going to keep Nick and give him one more chance, he's got to call plays next year. And we'll see if they actually do that. Gino, by the way, before we wrap up, how much do you want to bet, though, when Sirianni goes into that meeting tomorrow? <laughs> how much do you want to bet Frank Reich is part of his plan? I just, I really believe that's got to be part of it. And I hate it, but I think it's, it's got to be true. At least from a consultant perspective, I think Yeah, like, I'm not saying he's going to be the OC, but Frank Reich's name's got to pop up tomorrow in that meeting. At some point, it's going to be, and yeah. it's going to be funny if that happens, and he's the guy that they bring in. Time would, it, you couldn't make up how much of a flat circle it is. Absolutely. That's going to do it for today's edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast. Thanks so much for making us your first listen each and every day. I want to let you know one more time about Lockdown, our 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. We've launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. We're here for you every day covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every league. So again, go to Lockdown Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. For Gino Camilleri, I'm Lou DiBiase signing off. As always, thank you for downloading. Thank you for watching and listening. And let's go birds. Fly, Eagles, fly.